0: Left. Right. Yo. What's up, Sip Talk Podcast? Thank you guys for joining today's episode. We're talking about adulting. Just a number of skills that you really need as an adult. And I think there's a decent portion of the population that literally has no idea what the hell we're talking about in this episode. Um, this is the beginning of a conversation. I want to dial it in. Um, maybe bring on some guests and and, and get a little more in-depth on in this stuff. This is just a pre- preliminary discussion. Uh, between James and I we were kind of shouting out some ideas. Let me know. what You think if we missed anything in the comments Please throw them in there. Um, and again, I super appreciate you guys listening watching and being a part of this podcast I'll see you guys on the other end This is sip talk grab a drink and enjoy let's <laughs> go. Cheers. 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 So look, we're already streaming, which is great. This is a new setup. Uh, if you guys don't like the setup, let me know in the comments. This is episode 79 of Sip Talk. Today we are talking about adulting, more specifically how to adult, what you're doing wrong, where you've dropped the ball, and uh, if you think there's some, some aspects of adulting you want to add, I'm all for it. I'm all ears. I really want to uh, kind of dilute this down a little bit to like, you know, four or five simple things that if you master them, like for the most part, life is just going to be, you know, is, you're just going to live a better life. Um, before we got on air, I crushed some five guys and like I'll probably... 6,300 calories for the french fries so i'm dying for a beer what do you what are you drinking down there and uh charleston
1: staying on the bush ice train i went out uh to a bar <laughs> last night with a buddy and he covered my tab in exchange for me fixing his 2019 taxes so i didn't feel that great when i woke up this morning so i, I gotta go i gotta go easy tonight
0: <laughs> did you already do his taxes no i didn't do i didn't
1: screw up his 2019 taxes i fixed the but, screw ups that he did himself
0: but before being hung over
1: oh yeah no that, that was I, I delivered him the paperwork last night and then he picked up most of my bar tab
0: okay fair enough um most of the bar tab all right so look have you i, I want to touch on some current events right now because have you heard this shit going on in texas well the, we talked about it right the, the about Ted
1: Cruz thing he just continues to generate bad press for himself
0: hmm. where people think that they have fake snow
1: what I, have, I, I I had not America's heard this I,
0: I cannot wait to share this with you so if, if you guys are watching us and you're not familiar with this this is some crazy shit in Texas they got snow for the first time in a long time like four inches six inches uh, and I think they got like two waves of it Either way, most well, Tex- and it was
1: also just super cold for like a week there, yeah, which exactly. is rare.
0: Uh, most Texans not familiar with snow. Many Texans never seen it before. So <laughs> somebody online posted a video of them with a snowball, like trying to trying to melt it. But what happened was it didn't melt. And then all the lighter fluid kind of uh, like the, it, it got like soot on the snow and they're like, oh no, the snow's burning, but it's not melting but it's actually just the burnt lighter fluid on a snowball, but no drops of water came out. And then uh, maybe the same person, I don't know, put the snow in the microwave. And then the microwave started sparking and stuff. Like when you put aluminum foil in the microwave and now there's this crazy conspiracy theory that it's not real snow. It was manufactured snow. And, and people, people believe this. People actually fucking believe this. Um, I wonder if it has
1: anything to do with the Jewish space laser.
0: It might. It may. There's this this great. And again, you know, I'm going to throw that on my adulting list is just fucking critical thinking capital letters. I I just I just made a bunch of symbols. Yeah, which I'm not good at writing a capital.
1: um, Last night, my buddy at the bar came up with this because we talked about the Jewish space laser. And he says there's a way better term for it. We need to call it the Death Star of David. (laughs)
0: that's good actually so james not everybody knows what you're talking about when you're talking about this giant laser but uh can you just back it up and give a quick quick one all the
1: jews already knew about it but we just kept it a secret (laughs) but uh congresswoman from from georgia at one point believed a conspiracy theory that the wildfires in california in 2018 which killed like over 200 people i think um was started by a like a space laser built by the jews now why we decided to do this and why we decided to light california on fire as our first target um we'll never tell
0: but there are a lot of jewish people in california
1: um probably less so than where you are um there's a lot of jews in and around new york city uh yeah I can't speak to the population of Jews in California.
0: Well, e- either way, it's, but a you know, not
1: too many in the campfire area. Otherwise we wouldn't have aimed it there.
0: Now, is this like a conspiracy theory or this woman just came up with it on her own? Like did I, she read it somewhere I think, in, on the internet? I think
1: it was a conspiracy theory that she read and just decided to buy into for God knows what reason.
0: Wild. Well, yeah, the conspiracy theories. Uh, uh, damn, they're insane. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I just, I was making some notes today. Uh I saw an ad on the subway for like hand coverings. So you basically throw you have a wrist thing and then you pull it up over your hand to open doors with. And or,
1: uh, why not just buy gloves?
0: I don't know. Because it's a cooler, it's not on your hand always, and you could pull it back down. I you know, I'm not I uh I'm like very at terms with the fact that that's that there's bacteria and germs on fucking everything and i'm totally cool with that i'm also aware that you need to have bacteria in and around your body to protect you from other bacteria.
1: yeah not all bacteria is bad bacteria
0: no not all bacteria is bad bacteria and i would say probably there's a a large amount of it that is good bacteria and the more bacteria you're exposed to um you know isn't that good for your immune system ultimately well
1: here's a fun fact actually is by number, obviously not by weight, but by number, you have more bacteria in your body than you do human cells in your body.
0: Interesting. By number, um, but not by weight. Well, bacteria must be- uh,
1: Bacteria are really small, but um, mostly in your gut, because without bacteria, you would have a really hard time digesting things.
0: Exactly. and there's a, You can get an ulcer caused by a, a, another bacteria in your hyaluri. stomach. Pylori. Yeah, um, which was not the cause of my ulcer when I was younger, but um, I don't know. I got tested for it. Either way, let's let's skip to the bacteria. I I, I don't know. I, the real point is that I saw this thing, and I just got pissed that they're advertising this shit and that people are actually buying it. And I and I just I I am so vastly different than the person that is is seeing this poster on the wall on a subway and being like, that's a good idea. Um, and I, th- I think that really, they're kind of building this fear of bacteria into people when that's a back asswards way that our society should be going. Um, and then it made me think, you know, what nest cam is,
1: um, isn't it like a doorbell cam or something?
0: Basically there's these little overpriced cameras, decent quality cameras, but still vastly overpriced and you can put them around your house and they're supposed to make you feel safe and secure. But I've noticed that when I didn't have cameras around the house or around the office, safety and security of the office wasn't something I thought about ever, unless something happened. But once I got the cameras, then I became much more worried in general, overall, all the time for the safety and security of the office and the house. And then you get these notifications, whether there's a person or movement or a sound, and you're checking and you get a notification. You're like, oh shit, something's going on with the house. Let me see what's going on. Who's that standing at the house? You'd be surprised the number of people that approach the front door and like ring the doorbell, stand there for five minutes and walk away. Um yeah. But instantly That's- each instantly, each one of those is some home alone theory burglar pl- plotting out their attack, you know, and, and they're just yeah. monitoring the house at three o'clock to see if anybody's home. Uh, Like, as I
1: go through, like, as I look at different properties while I'm trying to buy houses, I'll Mm -hmm. see some of them that are wired up with, like, an ADT security system, or there was one that had a security system that, like, when you open the back door, a voice would come out of the panel and say, back door open. And I just, and I said, that shit's got to go. If I buy this house, that that all has to go.
0: I think in, in looking at properties and being familiar with some of this technology, it's, it's like, you, you, you. There's not much value in a system that's already in there. Um, and I don't think it's that that expensive to install one of your own.
1: I don't want any system at all. Uh, I, you know, For those of you listening, you can <laughs> rob my property if you can figure out my address. At some point, it'll be public record um, because that's how properties work.
0: <laughs> but like, uh, I'll oh, have God. the doors oh. locked. But, but so, but yeah. If you want to rob James, he's 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 easy. Your father, when I, when when we were younger, he's like, yeah, I'd leave the doors in the house unlocked. I figure if somebody shows up when we're not there, I'd rather them just let themselves in than break a window. Like if they're going all the way to the house to rob it, like they're just gonna—they don't give a shit. They're gonna put a rock through the window and and open the door. I'd rather not have to replace a window.
1: My my parents' house was never locked. We'd go on a vacation for a week. House was unlocked.
0: No. Well, different times but but also a mentality that you know although i have the same
1: attitude with my miata since it's a soft top i haven't locked my miata since i've owned it like and within about a week of when i had it um i walked out one morning to go to work and i saw like the glove box was open and like somebody had obviously been through it i was like oh man somebody tried to rob my car i was like wait a second there's nothing of value in there like i don't even need to make a police report all i need to do is just take the papers and put them back in the glove box. And then I'm back to where I was. Well, I, I hear like if someone wants to rob my Miata, they'd either slice the soft top, which is gonna cost me money to replace, or I could just let them open the door. When there's, I, there, there's nothing of value in there.
0: When I had the the Wrangler with the vinyl windows that zipped up, and I'd seen so many, so many Wranglers with slashed plastic vinyl windows that I was just, you know, I, even though the windows on people would still slash them. So I left the doors unlocked when I had the soft top on. Again, because I'd rather somebody try the door. Then say my my first way to enter this vehicle is going to be slashing the plastic window, uh, mm-hmm. because that's expensive to replace. And either way, it's got a plastic zipper top. They're getting in if they want to. Yep. Um, but but yeah, there's like a sense of security. You just have to be real with yourself. And you just said public data for addresses, dude. Remember, I don't. I mean, I haven't seen a real legit yellow pages phone book in a long, long time. But. Or is it the white pages that your address are? Either way, I haven't seen a phone book in a long time, but everybody, you could just look them up by their name and you had their address and phone number.
1: Well, you can also do that now. Um, you can get the phone number, but like the, um, all property sales are public record. So, like, and I, I run into this all the time when I'm doing accounting and tax work is if someone sold a home or whatever and I want to figure out what the value of their sales price or what they paid for it 10 years ago, like I just look on, like Charleston County has all the tax records online and within about a minute i can search up a last name or a street address and see who owns the property. Exactly. And when i buy my house that's going to be public record and there's nothing i can do about it.
0: It's just that's that's life. Um, yeah. so so look let's let's get into this this adulting thing. I've been yeah. taking i've been taking notes all day on just kind of random shit. Um but i do want to get into the adulting thing. Like i said i want to dial this in, come up with some real solid um, real solid ideas I'm gonna spitball a little bit today and, and we'll see uh, if you guys but are watching when do you not <laughs> okay if you guys are watching live let let us know what you agree with and what we should add when it comes to how to be an adult um, the first one that got me was laundry literally the first thing that popped into my head was laundry because when you live at home you know and I'm'm i I'm, I'm, I'm ranging this from basically 16. To 24 years old, okay, like that's going to carry you through high school to college, college to being fully independent. Some people go high school, they move out of the house, but I think when you're, you know, depending on your family setup, a lot of people when you're 16, your your parents are doing your laundry for the most part. I didn't do laundry as a kid, um, but laundry is a big, big thing, and I how how often what frequency would you say you do laundry about once a week okay i think that's a once a week or once for two weeks i'm not a big laundry fan um i, I refuse to do it if i'm single i will hire someone um but to me it just takes forever but again that's being in the city where you have to leave your apartment 90 percent of the time to get the laundry done um in the house a little bit different. But I feel like- Do
1: you have well, a washer dryer in your house now?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, but here's my thinking is as a kid, if you're not doing laundry normally, you don't think about it. You, you know, For the most part, it's just done, especially if you have a stay at home parent that does it for you. That's awesome. Like kudos to you, you, you spoiled brat. Um, although I grew up like that, so it was nice. But then you, know, you move out and now you got to worry about doing your own laundry. So we think you should expect to do it on a weekly basis, but really what it comes down to is how much underwear you own. I would say underwear are a single single use item. You you get to wear them once, whether it's an undershirt or boxer shorts or underwear or socks, single use. Workout wear, also single use. Uh, But when it comes to like sweatshirts, sweaters, blazers, suit pants, you can get away with a couple of wears on those. Uh, usually, if you're wearing white clothes, I think they need to be laundered. You wear them once because white clothes get dirty really, really fast. Would you, would you agree on a laundry schedule for that?
1: Uh, generally, yeah. Um, I'd say dress shirts, you can probably get two or three wears on before you have to put them in the washer.
0: Depending um, on, so here's what I do, because I wear a white shirt every day. Uh, sometimes I will get a couple wears out of them, but what I do is I look at the cuffs, and uh the inside of the collar and the and the collar which back in the day they used to have removable collar shirts
1: yeah I, i'd love for them to bring that back
0: right it would be an interesting look i, I can't even imagine a shirt with a, it doesn't zip on it's got to like clip on um and you know we grew up right next to the collar city troy yeah or was it really Troy? Or I don't know. Either I, way, I'm um,
1: pretty sure Troy was Collar City. Yeah,
0: there was a bridge called Collar City Bridge, at least. Um, and then the other thing is sheets and towels. So I think sheets should be done at minimum every two weeks, and towels. You know, I like white towels because you can you can you can see if there's anything dirty on them because you never know. Like towel might be a little dirty. But I think uh, I probably use three towels a week. Usually, I use it, you know, two or three times, three or four times.
1: So I'm on the, about the same schedule with towels as you are, but uh, not really comparative at all in terms of sheets.
0: Sheets, sheets. The thing is, you 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 are in your sheets almost as much time as in your as you are in a pair of clothes every day.
1: Here's the thing, though. I sleep. I've got you can. I mean, obviously, it's right here. We, like we, I've we got can also my And then like, I don't sleep under the sheets. I just sleep under the blanket and I sleep above the sheets.
0: Okay. Okay. And then, Oh man. So I'm not much of a duvet guy, but, uh, I always had, I always had a fitted sheet and then the regular sheet and then a comforter. But, you know, apparently people use duvet without the sheet between the fitted sheet and the duvet. And then you wash the duvet cover. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I I I sleep very warm, so like I need very uh, duvet. I'm like sweating. Uh, yeah. you know, I'm I'm just a puddle at the end of the night. Um, so so we I don't got... know. For
1: me, like laundry is one of the least onerous aspects of being an adult.
0: Oh, I think it. Well, in New York City, again, you're leaving your apartment, so you have to set aside two and a half, three hours, to you know bring it there, put it in, uh, and and then you gotta wait for it to be done. And then you got to transfer it and you got to wait for it to be done. And then you got to bring it home. You got to fold it or you're going to get wrinkles. So it's legit like a three-hour process. You have to put that time aside.
1: Yeah, so I would hate that. But uh, like just like you do now, I've got a washer dryer in my unit. So I walk 10 feet, start the laundry. If I forget about it, well, who cares?
0: Not so bad. Yeah, so but again, it, it, it is a little different. And in New York City, it sucks, which in my opinion is why it's worth doing a pickup and drop off. Because also, they fold it for you. And it doesn't cost that that much more. Yeah, like wash this, and fold. I think it's a couple dollars a pound. And I mean, I used to, even when I was broke as shit, there was a lot of times where I would do the pickup and drop off. And I just would make sure that I wouldn't put like any damp towels, any damp workout clothes because it's, they're, they're weighing it. And I was like, I'm going to make sure this shit is dry as a bone before I drop it off. Um, mm-hmm. All right, next item. N- next item on the, uh, on the list here is so really there's a lot of finances involved that people don't understand when it comes to being on your own. So when you leave like being in a college dorm, for the most part to be in a dorm and to live on campus, you have to demonstrate to the school that you have the money. And if you're living at home with your parents, you don't so much usually have to worry about groceries. And again, I'm talking kind of middle class, which I guess is an evaporating Population, But for the most part, when you live at home and you're a kid, your parents are buying the groceries. Um,
1: well, and with college, like you, living in a dorm and having a campus meal plan, it might be expensive. But it's just like one bill that you get and well, you pay it and that's it.
0: I have, I have notes on that. So the thing is, you take a 17, 18-year-old kid who's never had to prepare a meal. And I don't mean like make a grilled cheese sandwich and that's like a gourmet ordeal for them or cook some pasta. I mean, like Ooh, actually quick prepare, story prepare a meal. All right. What do you got? Um,
1: so junior year or senior year of college, uh, my current roommate, we, we moved from one side of campus where we were on a meal plan to the other side of campus, which was more apartment style living. Mm-hmm. And we're, so now we have to kind of cook for ourselves much more regularly because instead of getting maybe 15 or 20 meals a week at the, at the dining hall, we might get five or six so most of the food that we're doing is going to be in our is is stuff that we made ourselves so he gives me a call about a week into the semester and says hey man i'm trying to make some pasta um how much water do i put in the pot like i want to make a pound of pasta how much water am i supposed to put a
0: pound of pasta
1: i'm just making okay all right i i've got a a pound a pound box of pasta and like how much water am i supposed to put in the pot and i said you just put enough so that it covers the pasta.
0: (laughs) But this is my point is that literally people are fucking clueless when it comes to doing shit like making pasta, which is really a one ingredient. Um, It's two ingredients if you're counting the water, but, um, but people don't know how to do this shit. And what I was thinking is like without meal plans, like there's a lot of kids that legit would starve to death or they would have no idea. You know, when you're 16, 17, 18 years old, for the most part, you're not going to the grocery store and doing like a full cart full of shopping. You're like going in to buy some chips or buy some soda. So you're not thinking like I need a well-balanced diet. So go
1: to the grocery store is hard in terms of being able to actually pick out a decent basket full of things that are going to keep you going for a couple of days. I've been doing it for 15 years. I still suck at it.
0: So yeah, I am I'm not great at it either, but the thing is when it comes to courting a good woman who can cook um, you have to demonstrate first that you can cook. So it's very important that you can master two or three meals to kind of really perfect. Yeah. Your st-
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so if I go to a grocery store with a, like a meal in mind, I know what to order. But if like you were to say like, go to the grocery store and just get yourself enough food to last you for the next week or whatever, um, I consistently fail.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not great at that either. But also a benefit of being in New York City is that the grocery store is typically downstairs or within a block. And you can get food on delivery super, super easy, super fast. And it's much cheaper per delivery in New York City. Um, But yeah, I think people need to figure out when it comes to adulting, you have to, you got to figure out what what you'd like to be eating. And then also the cost of the food, like food costs a shit ton of money. I've spent a lot of time as an adult, very, very broke. And what I usually do is I'll just stock up on like um, pasta. Uh, Ramen. No, I don't. I, I don't like ramen. Uh, but you can get a box of spaghetti for ninety nine cents, and you're getting three solid meals out of that.
1: Yeah, uh, like three I, bucks for some pasta sauce, a, a dollar for the pasta.
0: I mean, here here's my pasta hack. When it comes to being broke, is you take a third of the box of spaghetti, you know, basically like like this much here. You throw it in a pot with some water, and then you boil that. You drain the pot, little olive oil, little salt, little pepper and then you crack an egg, and you mix it up really quickly while the burner's still a little bit warm. And It's almost like this carbonara-style pasta, and you're getting additional protein, and it's one egg and 33 cents worth of pasta. So that's that's a pretty cheap meal, and it has worked for me many, many, many weeks, maybe months on end. So I'll do the pasta route. I do a lot of oatmeal. I just buy those giant Quaker oatmeal oatmeal, oatmeal uh, containers, but yeah, and uh, like peanut butter and bread type of stuff. But the thing is, like if you're going to live, I I wasn't choosing to live on my own after I lost whatever amount of money in whatever business or job transfer. But if you're decidedly going to move out on your own, you need to take into account budgeting for food and what type of diet you're expecting to have. I have more on budgeting in a minute.
1: Yeah, I kind of want to touch on that because I think that that's something that when you graduate from high school you aren't really taught much about how to handle personal finance just basic financial skills of budgeting and having a realistic understanding for what your monthly costs are and how much you need to earn to sustain a given lifestyle the basics of how to file your own taxes
0: you don't um, learn that you don't do you learn how to file your taxes I don't think so no
1: what in, in the home, first time that home- I had to file for my own taxes like I have no idea what I'm doing
0: in home ec, I learned how to sew a stuffed animal from a template, and how to cook some food that I have never ever cooked again. I don't even remember what it was, but home ec was like a not not very nice teacher, um, but not not very useful stuff that had in the application at the time, and then you forget it. And oh,
1: yeah, and also to carry around like a flower baby for a week.
0: The flower baby thing definitely that was a home ec thing for our generation. Um, But, yeah, the sewing a stuffed animal from a template, that was total bullshit. Like, at what, you know.
1: Although having some basic sewing skills is nice. If you tear a piece of clothing or you need to do some quick clothing repair, you pop a button off.
0: Yes. I I outsourced back when we were up and running pre-coronavirus to Artie, who's kind of like my assistant slash... Uh, I she just rocks. She she did everything. Uh, I said, hey, can you sew? And she's like, sure, I can sew. Tried sewing a button onto a, a suit that I I popped the button off of. It did not look good. Ended up using hot pink thread on a navy blue suit. <laughs> it was it was really bad. I don't know where the suit is. I've probably outgrown it. Um, all right. So. Uh, uh, so vehicle transportation 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 is a big one. When you're in when again we're talking this. We're talking about becoming an adult and challenges that you don't foresee or you're ill-equipped to deal with. And I will definitely say that vehicle ownership or transportation costs are an absolutely huge one because usually when you're a kid, if you are driving, your insurance is on your parents' on your parents' plan. Uh, parents may not want to keep you on their plan. Some parents will be cool with it and be like, yeah, what, what do we care? You can stay on our plan. Um, but insurance costs for your car, vehicle whatever the vehicle costs whether you financed it, leased it, if you leased it you're you're rocking out as a high school graduate. Um yeah. The maintenance Leasing fees, the fuel idea. fee uh but yeah, I mean owning a vehicle costs a lot of money. And uh I think that's something a lot of people don't think about. Obviously, if you're in a place like New York City, you just got to cover a metro card, that's it. Um but I just head, did some
1: rough math in my head. The vehicle that I have right now is not high performance or luxury or anything like that, but my vehicle costs every month are a little over $500. And that's just like insurance, the note payment and fuel.
0: I didn't even think about fuel. Yeah, fuck. I've been I've been spending so much money uh in fuel every week to to have to now commute back and forth to the city and covering the tolls, which some of these tolls are like 15 bucks each, per day. Uh, yeah, like like the Holland Tunnel, Lincoln Tunnel. Um, these things are not, are, are not cheap in this area. So, I mean, that's a huge, huge cost. Not something, luckily, I'm not that tight. Um, but back in the day, I remember passing like a $4 bridge back in the day and realizing I had forgotten something and having to go back over the bridge and then back over it again to get where I was originally going. And I think when I finally came home from the long weekend away, I went through the bridge and didn't have enough money for the toll. And then they were like, okay, you pull over after the toll. And then we're going to give you basically a ticket. And then you have to mail this in and then we'll mail you your ticket and your fine for not paying at the, at the toll. Um, But, and that was like a $4 toll back in the day. So that, that was fun. Um, All right. So let's, so yeah, vehicle ownership. That's one
1: thing I definitely don't miss about New York is having to pay tolls.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, the thing about tolls is, it's such a bullshit setup. The toll is supposed to cost is supposed to cover the cost of building it and, and maybe general maintenance. But a lot of the tolls were put up, especially originally back in the day, were put up to cost to cover the cost of building it. And then they're supposed to be taken down. And that's how they were sold to the public. But then they go up, because they're now they're covering the regular maintenance of that structure, the bridge or the tunnel. And the surrounding areas, and
1: uh, all all the other pet projects,
0: and basically every fucking thing else that you know the transportation authority or whoever MTA whoever it is 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 got to cover. And and oh, man, the fact that so they're starting to do a toll if you're under 59th Street in Manhattan that you have to pay to be driving. Uh, you, know, you pay a surcharge to be downtown, basically, which sucked for me when my apartment was on 63rd Street. That was not cool. <clears throat> uh, all right. So vehicle ownership. Uh, let's see. Uh, it, I mean, I think just the, one of the kind of more abstract ideas that I wanted to get at when we're talking about adulting is the fact that you have to do things that you don't want to do, but there's nobody there to push you to do them.
1: Yeah. Um...
0: And that includes laundry, uh, but it includes waking up, you know, and exercise and eating healthy And just a a lot of things that, like, you might not naturally expect to have to go out of your way to do. But now they're things that, like, nobody's pushing, like, clean your your place, like, you know, keeping a generally well maintained, uh, you know, habitat.
1: (laughs) So here's the way I would describe it because I'm going to, I agree with you is that as an adult, there are a lot of kind of daily decisions or weekly decisions that you need to make that if you don't do them, they don't have an immediate consequence. It's if you don't do laundry, every, like if, if Sunday night's your laundry night and you don't do laundry that Sunday night, you're not going to like have to pay a fine. You're not going to suffer the next day or whatever. But if you don't exercise every couple of days, if you don't go food shopping, if you just don't do all these little things, eventually it all adds up. And then you're either left with a situation where you've got to do a ton of stuff all at once just to get back to where you're supposed to be, or now things are just miserable for you. And so you're paying the the price later. And it's something that we, we don't really teach kids to understand very well, because if you're a kid and you either don't do something that you're supposed to do or you make a mistake or whatever, the punishment's immediate. It's, hey, Johnny, go clean your room. And then half an hour later, is your room clean? All right, well, no, it's not clean. So now you don't have any privileges. You don't but get that, to watch TV. You don't get to, like, no computer but time. But that voice
0: doesn't exist when you're an adult. Right. So, uh, and, and that's the thing is a lot of people just think they're going to chill and relax. You know, I hire a lot of young people, a lot of young men more specifically, because for whatever reason, men suck at this stuff, like doing laundry, keeping the body up, uh, you know, like uh, clean and, and and stuff like that. But you know, in, in New York City, a lot of these guys that are early 20s who grew up in the city still live with their family. And then when their family goes away um, or they move out and they get a new place because they started making a little bit of money, you just see like a huge lifestyle. You know, basically, you just watch what's going on with this person. We also, we get a lot of uh, young interns who are uh, 17, 18 to 20 years old. And they're in that range where like shit's just not being done for them. Uh, and, and, you know, sometimes I have to have these uncomfortable conversations like, dude, dude, is is that a, you do laundry recently? Your sweatshirt stinks a little bit. Also, you're wearing a sweatshirt to the office. Um, can we change that up a little bit? Yeah. Uh, But a
1: lot of these things aren't taught. And again, it's going from, here's my responsibility. If I don't meet it, there's an immediate consequence. So I have to do it to now you're an adult. Here's my responsibility. If I don't do it, nothing really happens. Not right now.
0: No, exactly. Exactly. And I mean, also, if you're a major procrastinator, like that's a that's a lifestyle. Um, and in my defense, when I hire these people, everybody interviews very well, dressed up really, really nicely. Um, something I look for in interviews is like, does that look like brand new, like right off the rack? Like, is there a chance that you're going to come in tomorrow and and you're not going to have professional clothes to wear, which is, I mean, as long as you look good in the interview, that's fine. But I'm always wondering, like, do you normally dress nicely or, or, you know, how, how's that going to go the next day and next week when you, when you're working here? Um, a big thing that I notice, and again, this is New York City. I don't know how people are going to turn up to the interview. Um, and especially for young people and interns, when somebody comes in with a suit and they got the, uh, the tag on the suit, like right off the rack, it's still got the label on the, on the cuff of the suit. Oh man, that, that, that should be certain things like fashion things. Definitely. We've done some, were you in the fashion episode, how to dress for interview and stuff like that Maybe last summer? I think, I think you were. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that's a whole chapter about fashion and how to dress for interviews and how to dress for work. Um, all right. So here's another one is finding where to live. So, okay. So you're 18, you're 19, or you graduated college. Where you, where are you going? When you whenever um, you're finished, James.
1: Oh, no, I'm, I'm responding to a text.
0: I figured as much. Um, so whenever you're ready, James.
1: Sorry. <laughs> all
0: right.
1: Where, you, where are you going to live once you move out? I,
0: I need your attention up here, 1,400 miles away, all right? Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, my face is up here. <laughs> uh, all right. So, so, yeah, but I think that's a good one. Where, so you're, you're, you're out of high school, and either you're going to college and you're staying at home, or you're, maybe you're, uh, you're not going to college but you don't want to live at home anymore. Where where are you going to go?
1: Um, An apartment or under a bridge.
0: I'm basically, uh, I think my, my thinking on this is really a lot of these initial decisions you make, you want to go as cheap as possible. Um, And really it comes to like having money saved and it's difficult to get money saved when like you're in high school and you haven't started working yet, especially if like your parents are like, Hey bud, you're 18 years old like you got to find somewhere else to live like
1: well that's kind of shitty parenting
0: i don't i don't necessarily know that i agree with that i think i think people are way too coddled and at a certain point it's got to be like look pal like you are way too dependent like you 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 gotta go
1: yeah but there's a there's a difference between you just graduated high school and you've had zero time to set yourself up and now you're 18 get out versus all right, you've graduated high school, you can either go to college or you can start working or whatever. And then once you start getting established with your job or whatever, then you're going to start taking the steps to become independent. But just having a dead hard cutoff is not something that kids are prepared to handle for the most part. And you're setting them up for failure if you do so.
0: Potentially, potentially, I think there's, I think there's pros and there's cons in it. I think as a general rule, like it would, it in today's society, it would be very much frowned upon and it would almost be like child abuse to kick out your 18 year old, which I think is hilarious. But you know, they, they ship 18 year olds off to different countries to fight in their wars. But God yeah, but
1: those 18 year olds are at least getting paid and their meals are being covered by somebody.
0: Fair enough. Um, but what I was going to say is roommates, I think people should go the, the roommate route, uh, and they should go as cheap as possible where to live. I think first off, you gotta you gotta make sure you're in a place with a decent job market. If you're in a, if you're in a place with a bad job market, you're just you're doomed. You're doomed. I don't you know you, especially if you're out of high school, uh, you're not looking to go to college. If you're in a weak job market, you're you're screwed. I remember when I first went into real estate, my mom was like, "Well, you could you could come back and and live with me." I'm like, "Yeah, but w- w- what would I do? You live in the middle of nowhere." Uh, and I love my mom's house. I love her town, not suited for somebody who's looking for a job. She's very happy out there, but she's also retired. So I'm, I wasn't looking to retire at 23 years old. Well, it'd be nice. (laughs) Uh, yeah, but I needed to, you know, I needed to get, get a footing in life before, uh, (laughs) uh, before I took that route. Yeah. Retiring
1: with zero pension at 23.
0: Um, (laughs) <laughs> but yeah i i obviously you know it's great to live at home if you live in a good job market, your parents are going to let you, but you ha- again, I think the job market is really, really important, and then also you can live in a hot job market like New York City or
1: problem with living in a hot job market is that the cost of
0: living yeah the cost of living is that what you were going to say yep, yeah, and that's so again, and that's why you go this roommate front and you live very simply, um, but I. But my my thing is just when it comes to where to live, it's shared apartment with roommates in a hot job market. That's that's my two things on that. Um, all right, what else I got? Um, health and exercise and daily routine. So again, this is I'm I'm thinking more like the your college routine is only so much because you're not working a lot of especially on campus uh and i think when i talk about college i'm I'm meaning kind of to imply that you're living on campus that you're not kind of living on your own and you're a full-fledged adult because uh, if you're living on campus you you still have this living structure with meal plans and with a, a place that's paid for um or the money is there for it to be paid for um, but if you're living in an apartment it's a little bit different um, but health and exercise, obviously you go from high school, you play high school sports, things like that. But then you kind of drop off in the real world and you're not being encouraged to partake in exercise. Uh, you know, really it's a way to socialize with people if you're joining kind of pick up sports leagues and stuff. But, uh, I think a lot of people, I think everybody knows this you know, freshman 15 and that's on campus living, um, or you just get a total routine change in your life and you know your diet changes quite a bit and you have to you have to figure these things out you have thoughts on this or am i just Um, rambling here
1: well it kind of fits into my earlier point which is that you no longer have people pushing you to do things and there's no longer immediate consequences to your actions so you don't have someone planning your meals where your parents are generally going to try and find like healthy stuff for you to eat ideally i guess and If you're in high school, then there's gym class that you're going to two, three, five times a week that you have to exercise in. And most people play at least one sport in high school. And that's a routine that you have to go to practice and and practice your exercising. Mm -hmm. And then when you get to college, unless you are playing on one of the like varsity sports. Well, Which then you, you have to have been
0: a decent high school athlete.
1: Yeah. We yeah, had to have been a good high school athlete. And it means that you're already motivated because making a college sports team at any level is not easy to do because they're all, everyone that plays college sports is talented. So unless you're playing college sports, then you, no, one's telling you to exercise. And the the meal plan that you have most dining halls, it's just kind of a similar bevy of offerings every single day and it it spans the range from pretty healthy to very unhealthy and no one's tracking what you eat because it all costs the same like if you're on a meal plan and it's just like you swipe your card and you get to go in and eat it's an all-you-can-eat buffet every single day three times a week and you can choose between having three hamburgers pizza and ice cream (laughs) or like light pasta and a salad and you get to make that choice every single day and again no consequences are going to befall you immediately, immediately but yeah. by the end of the semester by the end of the year when you've gained 40 pounds and you went from running a seven minute mile to not barely, be,
0: barely being able to jog out a mile
1: right and it's the the accrued consequences of all well, of your decisions
0: we've been we've been pretty lucky Uh, you know, because we were kind of into fitness and sporty things. Um, So, so that's a kind of a pastime for us. So that's, that's luck, I think, at least for us, but a lot of people, that's not their thing. Um, And that's something, I mean, if you're, if you, I mean, if you don't give a shit about the way you look fitness wise and you give a shit about fitness, let yourself go. But if, if you want to be able to not have to buy a full new wardrobe in you know 12 months, these are things you need to take into account, and that's that's at every level of adulting because typically, for the most part, once people turn thirty years old or earlier, it's a, it's a decline for fitness. So Yeah,
1: it gets harder. It, you progressively harder to recover. Progressively harder to keep your metabolism up and the weight off. Yeah,
0: wild. Um, all right, what and the other
1: thing, and like as an athlete, like you when you're in training or whatever, your appetite's pretty high because you're burning a lot of calories or whatever. And so if you suddenly go from working out all the time and then you just stop, your appetite doesn't go away immediately.
0: I know. <laughs>
1: so it can so- be really hard to cut your calories down to a lower activity level because your body still thinks, Hey, like the last three weeks we've been going hard and exercising two hours a day. I don't know that this is a day off, so I'm expecting to eat like I have to for a two-hour workout today. Oh, by the way, we're not doing the workout, but I'm still going to eat that much.
0: Dude, I'm I'm four or five eggs at eight o'clock in the morning. By eleven thirty, my stomach is screaming. I have I usually have a decent lunch, and then by like four o'clock, I need something, and then by eight o'clock, I need something. And when I'm really like hitting the gym hard, I wake up in the middle of every single night and just like crush some peanut butter or something like that. Yeah, but those night cravings don't go away when you're when you're not working out, and you still wake up hungry, and your body's just kind of on this. I mean, I'm used to kind of constantly eating, and uh, and also drinking. I drink a ton, uh, drinking, but I drink a ton of water all day long, and I I gotta pee a lot especially when I'm not running because your body's not sweating that out. Your body's not, you know, fighting for hydration all the time, but I just, I drink a ton of water. So when I'm not really being super fit, you know, it's like, I put on weight really easily and I pee all the time.
1: What are we getting on comments?
0: Uh, So so you guys have been really lax on these comments about adulting Uh, either, either the guys that are watching on, uh we got three streams here so we get facebook tiktok and instagram which thank you guys for watching us live you know that you can catch us on youtube you can watch a post-production version where james and i give a little intro uh we got a li- little montage in the beginning and uh there's a little outro and sometimes we throw in some some sponsor ideas and stuff like that uh I don't watch it very much. I guess James doesn't watch it very much. We participate in this. But if you, can't, if you can't get us live, you can watch us on YouTube. And obviously, you can always catch us on the audio podcast, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the patio, patio cast, podcast platforms uh, for audio only. But we're not getting much in terms of comments on the live, which you guys are really letting me down live, guys. You
1: um, know, in my defense and also in your defense, I think it would be really weird for us to just like constantly listen to our own podcasts over and over again?
0: Uh, dude, like, so, I do. I mean,
1: masturbatory. I,
0: I follow the podcast and I'd listen to, I mean, I, I love listening to podcasts, but every once in a while, like I'll be up to date on podcasts, except for this one. And then it starts <laughs> playing and I hear my voice. And I'm like, oh shit, I, I got to get to the phone. I got to turn this off. I got to turn this off. I'm like, I, I, I can't stand it. Um, but I usually think we have some good information. It depends, obviously not every podcast is for is for everybody um, so we got lisa on on tiktok and oh building credit i just saw was a was a most recent comment so keep the comments coming on what you need to be doing to be an adult adulting tip so we got building credit which i didn't take note of at all and lisa said one of the best one of the best adulting lessons i was taught at 18 was protect oh, protect and build my credit okay so we got both these guys in the credit credit so, James, I don't know if you were participating or, or, or a participant in this, but at roughly 19, I went out and bought a boat.
1: I remember this.
0: Remember that we kind of forged some uh, inheritance type of documents or something like that, cleared out cleared out some uh, inheritance. I don't know if I should be sharing this or not, but but we did. Went out and bought a used boat. Um, and then I quit my job at a pizzeria, <laughs> delivering pizzas. And that was back in the day when they just used to mail you credit cards. And I just opened up the mail and then called the number in the back of the credit card, activated the card and just started using it. And it was, it had a $500 limit. <laughs> and That'd I used it pretty quick. I used the card Well, back then. I mean, it lasted, uh, like three weeks or something like that. Um, and I used the card up and I just tossed it back wherever and open another open another envelope and uh, called the number in the back of the card. And I remember the day that the second credit card bounced. And I was like, fuck, like, I haven't been getting many, many credit cards lately in the mail. Um, I wonder if the ones I got if they're still valid, because I have a certain activation date on them. And uh, I, I, I had pumped gas. And this is back before you had, had to prepay. So I pumped the gas and then I went inside to pay and I had like some chips and some soda. I went up and I swiped the card. He's like, that's declined. I'm like, oh, um, so what do I do now? And he's like, well, you need to pay us. I'm like, well, I can leave the credit card with you. And he's like, no, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no, no you, need, you need to pay us. I'm like, well, I can't do that. Gas is already pumped. You, I don't need the check. You can have the chips, but, uh, I don't, I don't even remember what we did. I just remember the moment in which I realized I couldn't pay. And then having already pumped the gas being like, well, it's already mine. What do you, you know, what are you going to do? And the guy didn't know what to do either, which is obviously when we have this now every, every, uh, gas pump has a credit card at the terminal. I can't even imagine a life before that. It's wild. Um,
1: yeah, it's right. pretty crazy to me, like now thinking about it of like you just pump your own gas and you pay afterwards.
0: Right, right. Um, all right, so we I got a couple more. Let's see. What do we, we on, really
1: quick? Just this is a fun one. What's the smallest dollar amount of gasoline you've ever put into a car?
0: Ooh, that's a good one. What's the what's the I mean, I've been very, very broke before. Also, I've had a m- motorcycle. It's got a smaller gas tank. But motorcycle doesn't count. Yeah, I get that. Um, I've definitely gone in under five bucks. I've probably gone in like like in the two or three range, like back in the day, like back after high school. Uh, but that's a guess. I know I I know for certain I've done five. What do you got? Do you do you have do you have a number?
1: Um the number that sticks out in my mind is a dollar thirty eight.
0: What is that? One gallon at the time?
1: At the time, it was about a gallon. Yeah.
0: Wild. Um, yeah. Rough times. Like,
1: this is all. Yeah. Like I, I had like a dollar and then some coins in my, and I was like, I just need to get a little bit further.
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, so look. So we had a couple more comments. Uh, the building credit is a really, really big one. But also, I, you know, I talk about credit cards with some of the agents that we hire. And that's a really, really tough one because it's difficult to encourage people to use credit cards when it's good for their credit when they're really easy to spend more than you can and then you're stuck with a bill that you're paying interest on.
1: A lot of interest.
0: Yeah, yeah. 25% was the last one that I had. I pay mine
1: off every month now, but at one point I was spending like $120 a month in interest on my credit card.
0: Dude, I, I... Look, I've, I've had loads of credit card debt. Um, and I mean, I've, I have, I have one now the business card. I think I pay at least a grand every month on with kind of revolving. Uh, but that's, but that's nothing because I've paid like with Amex and, uh, but yeah, credit cards are, are very, very tricky. Um, I've been very lucky and, and luckily I have very strong credit, but, um, but yeah you only really want to be using credit when you have to you need to use it very responsibly but that's a big one when it comes to adulting i like that um i got a couple others i want to i want to run with you cool with that yeah all right cool um so saving someone uh we had a comment about saving uh saving money let me let me just check uh fuck uh saving for emergencies but also, I mean, the thing is, like, you need to figure out if you can afford to live on your own. And I see so, I mean, obviously, we do a lot of rentals in New York City. And I see people that submit an application and they have $382 in the bank and maybe they have decent credit and they make so much money. But I just say, well, how are you, how are you paying the first month's rent? And they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I get paid, I have a job. I'm like, yeah, but you don't, you're not demonstrating that you have the money um yeah if
1: if someone's getting like let's say five thousand dollars a week or five thousand dollars every two weeks let's say five thousand dollars every two weeks that like you're making a hundred and ten hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year and this is charleston dollars not new york city dollars and they have like four hundred dollars in the bank i just say how how are you not able to save this money now like i get it if they have like retirement accounts or investment accounts or something like that but if you just have like $400 to your name and you're getting $5,000 every two weeks. I just want to know, what are you spending your money on? How are you
0: doing this? Well, I'll explain why. People spend vastly above their means. And what happens is people get a pay increase. And rather than starting to save that money and living the same lifestyle they were at the time they got the pay increase, they adjust their lifestyle and spend a little bit more. Uh, But that's the big thing is before you're going to move out and find your own place, you have to figure out what your income looks like. And it's really in 2020 people, 2021, people are super, super impulsive. So they want to just spend that money. They want to move out and there's very little holding you back. And everybody's telling you it's your right to do whatever the fuck you want to do. But people need to just take a chill pill, relax a minute, save some money, figure out exactly where they want to live, who they want to live with. Because somebody who places a lot of roommates, I, I tell the agents all the time, When you put somebody in a three or four bedroom apartment, stay in touch with them monthly because in a few months there's a really high probability they're all going to hate each other's guts. Uh, And if you stay in touch with them, they're going to individually they will come back to you uh, to find separate apartments. So yeah, taking taking time to figure out who you want to live with, where you want to live, how much you can afford uh, at an early age, and just and just taking a chill pill is a really good way to just set yourself off on a better path sure you might have friends moving out but like if you're 19 you're living at home like nobody in the real world gives a shit like maybe you got another friend who's 19 who's like oh you're a baby you're still living with your parents and it's just like bro like fuck you how special are you You're 19 years old well fuck yourself you know like just it's just
1: living with your parents is really limiting like sure you're saving money but you don't have any freedoms really
0: but also it depends on your relationship with your parents and i think You have to set certain boundaries with your family when it comes to still living at home. Uh, And they need to understand that like you can move out, but you're trying to be smart, but you're also an adult. Like we had, we had a client, uh, oh, get, get this. This is, this is one that's driving me nuts right now because they're really upset. So this guy applied on like a penthouse, like a $3,000 apartment, not a crazy penthouse. It was in Queens um, in Astoria, not very nice building. Um, And he put down a deposit. So the apartment was off the market. He got approved for it and we set up a lease signing. So we had the leases ready to go for him. Now we had other people. Now this apartment has been on the market for a couple of months and this happened last weekend. We had other people who really wanted to see this apartment we're like, sorry guys, it's been taken. We showed them some other apartments. They didn't, they didn't like them. They found other apartments they applied on day of the lease signing, this guy backs out. And we're like, hey, man, we understand you wanna back out, but look, you put down a deposit. We lost out on other applicants in this apartment. There's a good chance it's gonna sit for another month. Uh, you understand the agreements you signed state that if you back out, you lose your deposit. He replied to the email, I understand, and I choose to, uh, to back out. His father called the office today, and I wasn't on the call, but uh, the, the, the kid's 23 years old. Father called the office today, you know, talking about how badly, you know, this kid needs the money and how it's not right that he uh, put down the deposit, he's only a kid. And uh, a couple of things here. One, like, I'm not gonna, you know, if, if there's, if, if we haven't covered all our bases legally, yeah, sure. there, You know, we're not fully in the right, we'll back down. But on this one, there's a good chance the apartment's gonna sit back on the, on the market And then uh, we we turned away other people, man. Like that's the whole reason for the good faith deposit. So really shitty situation. And then get this, like these guys are like a super famous family. They have their own TV show. The entire family is signed up at like a modeling agency. So I didn't, I didn't feel very bad for this kid, but it's very often that we get calls from the parents of young adults. Saying, oh, my, you know, it's just a kid. How could you do that? And I'm like, you know, when I take out your 22 year old kid or your 24 year old kid, as far as I'm concerned, like they're an adult. I don't understand that they're still like a mama's boy and you, you know you control their finances. But like, I'm sorry, this is a this is a real adult person, and I you know I don't know exactly how old they are, or how how long they've been out of your womb, <laughs> but uh,
1: yeah. Um, uh, yeah. on the topic of being bad with money, though, so. This one happened in the spring. Um, did a return for a doctor in Charleston. His income was about $660,000. So if you do the math, it's about twelve five a week that he's earning. Mm-hmm. And we did his return, and he was due a refund of about twenty two twenty five thousand dollars to $25,000, somewhere in that range. And his return was complicated, and we had to paper file it. We couldn't electronically file it for for various reasons. Um, and so when you paper file, it takes a lot longer, especially since this was back in like June and July when a lot of the IRS was shut down along with the rest of the country because of mm-hmm. COVID. Fantastic. So, as slow as the IRS is, it's even worse during July of 2020 because they've got less manpower. And so he says, Why didn't you electronically file my return? And we explained to him. And then he says, Well, I was really counting on that refund. I'm, I'm, doing like a renovation on my house and i need to put down like a forty thousand dollar deposit to to like keep the contract alive or something like that but whatever the case is he owes forty thousand dollars to keep the renovations going Hmm. and just like and and you decided that you were going to plan on this on your refund amount of twenty to twenty five thousand dollars to help cover this that you're going to expect the irs to get back to you quick enough when you're earning twelve five a week
0: he was spending money. That he didn't already have. That he didn't already have. And again, you know, that's that's just dumb, man. But I, I just looked at it, it as
1: in three weeks you can have this covered, and you you you've managed to run yourself so narrow when you're making twelve five a week, and maybe in like that's in Charleston, so it, it goes lot, even further than New York City. Yeah, it's still exactly. a lot of money anywhere. But I, I just you can be bad with money no matter how much money you have.
0: Well. All right, so here's, here's another one. And this was not an original idea of mine, a suggestion, accountability. And this, so. And I think the, the example you just gave is a very good example. That guy was upset with you and holding you accountable when you were doing the right thing and making sure it was filed correctly so he got the right amount of money versus, you know, fucking it up and maybe he owed money or maybe that money got held up for a couple, whatever, you did it the right way.
1: Well, if we screwed up the uh, the return, the particular thing that he was doing was legal but it gets a a really big red flag from the irs so they give it a lot of scrutiny and the penalties for failing to file this particular type of transaction correctly can run up to like a hundred thousand dollars both for the taxpayer and also the preparer so
0: oh yeah no way fuck that um but again he was holding you accountable and really
1: it was his poor planning
0: it was it was his poor planning and he was a person to be held accountable for this uh the accountability thing um i got a couple others we had one about booking your own doctor's appointments that was an instagram comment um if uh, i forgot who, who said it uh gabriella acampo so that was actually a good one booking your own doctor's appointment very important i will tell you as a young person struggling with health insurance is a very very tough one i know I don't know about South Carolina or if it's a national thing, but I think in New York you can stay on your parents' health insurance until like 26 years old.
1: 26. That was the mm-hmm. uh, the PPAC in 20, 2009 or 2010, 2010 I think, um, expanded it so that you could stay on until 26. Yeah. It's uh, national.
0: Okay, yeah. I,
1: now, other states might have like a later date, but the national minimum is now 26.
0: Um. All right, so... I got a couple more on here. Uh, I'm just I'm just gonna mention them. But again, I think, uh, like I said, I wanted to throw these out there, and kind of bring them up because I f- figure we could dial them in, maybe go a little deeper on some of them at at some point in time. But I think it's a cool conversation to have, you know, because because I don't I don't hear it being had anywhere else. And there's a lot of young people that like don't know any of this shit. Took I think you and I probably got beat up by certain aspects of these in life.
1: So. Well, one thing that I noticed, like once I graduated college, because college was kind of an insulated bubble where I didn't, I, I was around all people that were the same age as me. And the only other people that I was really around was professors. So once I graduated and got into the real world, because even like the jobs that I worked when I was in college, um, I didn't really work with anybody else. I worked in a soccer shop and I ran the place by myself. So I didn't have like a lot of coworkers or anything like that. And then when I got into the real world, when I moved to Charleston and I started working a job, just a normal job, like one thing that I noticed was how many adults around me made me ask the question to myself of how in the world did this person make it this far? Because they can't seem to figure out even the most basic stuff, yet they're an adult and they seem to be like keeping things together. But when I talk to them, they seem absolutely clueless.
0: I, I realized this at about 15 or 16 years old that a lot of adults don't have their shit together, and that's—I mean—you mentioned that early on that a lot of uh, a lot of adults don't have shit figured out, and I think think that's very apparent. But the ones that do, or the ones that figure out one or two things and just double down on them, own them, and run with it, those are the ones that get a lot further in life. Um, you know, and and I want to I, you know, I want to throw these these last couple out there. Uh, But, uh, so we got saving money, save first, before you jump, figure out how much money you need to have saved, really do a deep dive into what you expect things to cost. And, uh, let's see. Uh, I had accountability and self-confidence. So understanding how to be confident and what affects your confidence and taking care of those needs so that you're not unconfident all the time. That's kind of an adult characteristic, um, and then the last one that I added was challenge yourself. If you're gonna grow as a person, you need to put yourself in, um, in challenging situations and almost more challenging situations as you, as you get through life, they should become more and more challenging. But uh, if you're not challenging yourself as an adult, then you're not, you're not moving forward. Oh, and I had one more um, and that was on choosing a job um i've you know it's one you know you got to be able to detach yourself from your parents especially financially if you want to live a happy life in in my opinion you don't want to be relying on somebody else for finances no um but uh uh you know finding a good job and 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 then figuring out what you want and working for it i've been in enough situations in my life where I've been extremely uncomfortable and forced to work really, really, really hard to get out of that uncomfortable place. But some people you have to figure out like, are you comfortable being just barely comfortable? Or do you want to have that padding? Do you want to have, you know, do you want to continue to grow or you want to, you know, you want to basically ride out as high as you got at 24 years old for the next. 40 50 years in your life and and life just doesn't get much better than that where you're going to continue to look for job opportunities continue upgrading on jobs um, and, and you know what's your you're set you're basically setting um, your minimum and and figuring out what you need to do to get above that in life uh,
1: Well it just ties in with ambition where and I've got a couple friends in my life that um, I look at and I say I see what you're capable of and it doesn't really make sense to me why you're comfortable where you are right now when I know that you could be doing so much more. But they generally seem to be pretty happy with their their standing and they're just like, I'm good making thirty to thirty five thousand dollars a year and having a relatively stress free life.
0: Which and is which is which is cool if they're truly, truly okay that thirty to thirty five thousand is not very much money though. So no. there's gotta be a lot of stressors that they're just ignoring.
1: Could be. But There's some people that I see where I I look and I was like, I've spoken with you enough to know that you're intelligent to be able to handle more than what you're doing right now. If you were to go into a different field, instead of working in food and Bev, which like you can make decent money in food and Bev in certain areas, but like not at the restaurant that you're working at right now. (laughs) And um, like, here are all these other things that you could do that I know you would be good at and then just not seeing them even explore it or whatever. And say, uh, why are you, why?
0: They're lacking the ambition. But again, I, I don't even think ambition is, is a good way to, to describe it because a lot of people have, I don't even, I don't, I need to look at the exact definition of, of ambition, but I feel like people have this ambition they don't act on if, the, if that makes sense. And again, that's why I get back to challenging yourself and, and taking the action. you looking up the textbook definition of ambition.
1: How, what else would I be doing? What is it? A strong desire to do or achieve something typically requiring determination and hard work.
0: Okay, well, it, it, it's, it says, it's re, oh, I guess doing something that requires hard work. Um, not that ambition requires hard work.
1: Second definition, similar. Desire and determination to achieve success.
0: Again, the, the desire is there. But yeah, you and I both know plenty of people that have this burning desire, but are just completely unable to
1: well you can have desire but without determination determination baked into that word is going to be some expectation that you're going to have to work because otherwise it like determination implies that you're going to have to work for something otherwise it's not determination
0: yeah i'm going to give one more piece of advice on adulting and then we'll wrap but my biggest pet peeve is seeing guys with a jacket on with both buttons, buttoned. It's or, the- or having a button jacket while you're sitting down. Or yeah, you're supposed to unbutton when you're sitting down. But if you have a two button jacket, you don't button the bottom button. If you have a three button jacket, you don't button the bottom button. You can avoid buttoning the top button. But for the most part, you button any button but the last button. Uh, on that note, I think it's a good time to sign off. We're going to dial this down in a few weeks. Maybe we'll we'll revisit this if we get the interest, uh, but I'd love to, I'd love to put something out there and just kind of ask people different aspects. Maybe we'll yeah. do that tomorrow. We can dial it in.
1: Remind me for the next podcast, you were talking about those hand warmer protector things or whatever that you saw on the subway.
0: I'll take a picture. And the, the
1: advertising for it. Yeah. Um, remind me about the power of advertising because it made me think of um a different thing that's advertised and how the power of advertising gets people to buy something. All that, right. That, that, that prompt enough will get me to, to remember what I need to say next time.
0: All uh, right. I'm going to cue the outro music. Anything you want to add before we cut off here Throw out your Twitter handle?
1: Uh, Yeah. Get off my lawn. 204 is the Twitter handle. I haven't posted too much recently because I've been too busy dealing with a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh-huh. All right.
0: Outro music. Outro music is is, is getting loud. Uh, on that note, adios. So that was it. Podcast is over. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to like if you're watching on YouTube. If you are watching on another podcast platform, make sure you rate us five stars if you like us. If you don't like us, rate us five stars anyways. It'd be a really nice thing to do. And if you don't like us, why are you listening? Either way, I'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for joining. See ya.
1: I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.